G'day listeners, it's Blacker here. We've got quite a different episode lined up this week. So whilst I'm back in Perth, I wanted to have a sit down with my mate Haseeb Riaz. He's been doing some amazing work starting a charity called Man Up, which has this vision of redefining masculinity. This week's episode is an interview with him about this work, and I wanted to jump in to give you a content warning that, along the way, we're going to bring up some more serious topics. In particular, there'll be times where we discuss mental health and SASH, which is short for sexual assault and sexual harassment. This is just to let you know in case you're not wanting to listen to a discussion about that kind of content today. Now, if any of the issues discussed here are relevant to you, please don't be afraid to have a chat with someone. There's lots of great services out there, including Lifeline on 13 11 14 and Beyond Blue on 1300 22 46 36. Now, with that being said, I hope that you enjoy this week's episode because it's something I really wanted to share with you all. I learned a lot from this conversation and I hope that you do too. Welcome back to White Noise. I'm Matthew Blacker and I've got a new guest with me this week. Would you like to introduce yourself? G'day, my name's Haseeb. I know Matthew, or as I call him Blacker, <laughs> since, since school. It's yeah. like year, year six. I, I, had a, I wrote down a few list of some of the miscellaneous ways that we know each other. We went to high school together. We've actually done a few, I reckon all of the school trips that I've done, we've done together. Yeah, we did a lot together. Da Vinci, Philosophons, yeah. England, like... We traveled a fair bit on, on planes. We did. Yeah. We also did all the same subjects in year 11 and 12. So. I'm surprised I'm still friends with you. Yeah, same. <laughs> Maybe going away to Canberra has probably helped. A little bit of distance Maybe. is important. Yeah. yeah. We've also got a game of chess set up next to us. We uh, do. We thought we might have a crack at playing a bit of chess whilst having this chat, which will, which will be interesting to hear. We'll, we'll keep you updated. Black has started with uh, E4. In case anyone wants to follow along with playing along, get live chess up. No, I'm kidding. We'll keep that <laughs> when something exciting happens. But the reason I actually brought Haseeb on today is I actually wanted to talk to you about something that you've been doing the last couple of years, which is a charity that you started up called Man Up. Mm. And I thought it'd be really like I think what you do with Man Up is fantastic, and I think it'd be a great thing to share with the listeners, and that mm. some of them might take some interest in it. So I suppose to start, what what is Man Up? Okay, so Man Up is a organization that deals with the idea of masculinity as a concept. And we do it through a couple of platforms. Our main one being we go to high schools and we present to boys, we present to them workshops about the idea of modern masculinity. And we do it through three modes. We do a workshop on male culture, which is investigating the impact of masculinity on a group of boys and their mates and the idea of you know male characteristics, traditional and now breaking out of that trend. And then we talk about some cultural aspects of being a guy and what's that what that's like and how it can be negative and how it can be positive and also the idea of call-out culture. The second workshop is about male relationships, so talking about important relationships in, you know, the perspective or lens of masculinity when we talk about having relationships with their friends, having relationships with their family, and having romantic relationships. And, and we kind of take a focus on the romantic relationships and we talk about the ideas of consent and healthy versus unhealthy versus toxic relationships and the impact of bringing positive masculinity to that. The last one is male coping. And uh, that's probably the easiest to explain. It's, it's just a workshop about male mental health and like how to recognize when your mental health is good, how to recognize when it's not so good, and how to use healthy and unhealthy coping mechanisms to deal with stressful situations and providing people with some resources as well. So that's 
that's what we do in schools. As a community-based organization as well, we just present about the ideas of masculinity and go to forums and run uh, check-in sessions for uni students as well and upskill our volunteers and our committee and do fun stuff like that. So where did where did Man Up come from? So at the end of 2019, a good friend of mine, a guy named Gareth, Shanti Kumar, he had the idea that he wanted to work in the space of young men and Gareth wanted to... Gareth started doing these interviews of a lot of his young male friends trying to figure out what the problems were in their versions of masculinity. And then I really wanted to do something in the school space and I was like, yo, we can combine this and try and tackle our overall problem, which is like reducing the negative impacts of toxic masculinity. It's kind of either A, making a better society of men or B, people that have already got these kind of ingrained ideas, talking to them and figuring out where they came from and figuring out what was different for our generation of students, or our generation of male students and male, the upcoming generation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's how it's kind of started officially. In terms of how it started emotionally, that's kind of a different question, I guess. Mm. Because it sounds like the big drive for you was changing these attitudes in young men in schools and indeed a lot of the workshops that you've been running. You've run two workshops in the last week or so, haven't you, mm. Has been, have been dealing with young men in schools. And particularly because we went to high school together, was it kind of motivated through some experiences through high school? Yeah, well, let me let me first tackle that first point, which is more why, why schools? I think the year, that age group of like year 9, 10, 11, 12 is kind of where our ideas of masculinity are forming. And I think a lot of people don't hold on to their values of masculinity and the characteristics they learn when they're at year 10, 11, 12. So it's something that's just normalized to being part of the high school experience, you know, quite Australia-wide as part of our culture. And we were like, well, well, why don't we impact or try and work on that space where people are still young enough that they can, you know, shift their ideals and they're not ingrained yet and old enough that they're mature enough to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's kind of why, why that that we chose that age group and it was kind of where most of the problem issues start. A lot of people when they get to university or they get to future life, they start maturing and they realize that, you know, some of the ideas they had at school isn't the real world. Going to school together, being an all boys school, you do see a lot of these traits and then I think like I, I had a wonderful time at school. I thought school was great, but there was definitely not necessarily based on the schooling program itself or the school scenario itself, but just based on the situation of having, you know, two hundred boys in a cohort together, there were definitely elements of toxic and rigid masculinity conformity to a culture where you know we just didn't know any better i don't think i knew any better so Mm. yeah it was seeing seeing myself and seeing like how i had changed and how i could have hopefully done that earlier that was a big motivator seeing my friends seeing Mm. the kind of role models they were becoming and the kind of people they were becoming and they wanted to be and how they changed as well throughout university and realizing it stemmed from school and the last one was seeing the impact that it had on women and non-binary people in my life because that the idea of toxic masculinity as much as it impacts male mental health and male culture that, that sucks, but the biggest community or group of people impacted are young women and non-binary people who are the subject to the final result, the final most dangerous result of toxic masculinity, which is things like sexual harassment, things like sexual abuse, things like uh, aggression, things like uh, heteronormativity or, or any negative characteristic or value that comes from toxic masculinity. It mainly ends up impacting the young female community the most. So so seeing the impact on myself, my friends, and young women in my life was where my personal motivation came from and seeing how I could have helped change that. That's a long answer. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, I think it's, it's a very interesting answer because conversations about these kind of things, we didn't really have these kind of conversations in high school. Like if we're, if we're honest, right? Like I'm going to say when we were in year 10, year 11, year 12, we didn't really talk about these things. The con- point about conformity is a really good one that you bring up. Because that's kind of, it's very easy to just like nod and go along with something. So how specifically are you trying to change these conversations that young men are having in high schools these days? 
Oh, such an interesting question. When we started Man Up, I remember, I'm going to give a shout out to one of my good friends, Ben, Ben Hamlin. He was one person that I soundboarded off quite a lot for being like, is this going to be an effective way to deal with this problem? So no one I've spoken to so far has disagreed that toxic masculinity, especially at that age group in school, is a problem. They're like, yeah, it's a problem. More just like, how do we deal with it? How do we do it? How do we, like, is workshops, is peer-to-peer workshops, especially coming from people of similar age, the right way to do this? And I remember reflecting with him a lot, being like, are we going to be making a difference? Like, is there a point in this setting up something like this? Like, is it going to have any impact at all? The conclusion kind of came that, like, if you can make one person from all of... So if we go to the school, we break up into normally groups of eight. So there's, like, you know, nine or ten different workshops going at once if we have a group of 75. And we can make one person from one of those workshops reflect the next time either A, they are inclined to make some inappropriate joke or inappropriate action, or B, they see one of their friends do it and they have the confidence to call them out. That's a positive thing. I think that also has a ripple effect that it can impact the behavior of the next person, the next person. And the fact that all these people hear the workshop together, I think they can hold each other accountable. So does it make an impact? Well, that's, that's the hardest bit. It's like, are we making a change? And I think just by A, being peer-to-peer, it's being relatable, and B, by providing some kind of ripple format or holding people accountable, I think we hope to at least reach one person, which at least reaches another three, which at least reaches another nine. Yeah. So yeah, I think that makes change. I think that makes people at least think twice before they do something. And slowly, slowly that changes towards like not doing it. So, so that changes towards calling out other people when they do it. So I, I hope so. I hope so. And so far, I think, I think we have seen pretty positive feedback from the students who get these workshops as well. So there's, it seems like you're getting quite strong engagement within all the sessions that you've run so far. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, definitely on a face value and seeing people engage the content and share their own stories. A big part of our workshops have to do with like sharing things that we've noticed so far. And even the facilitators or me, myself and I run a workshop or all our other amazing volunteers, they talk about things that they did back when they were that age, similar age, and and acknowledge the fact that they weren't perfect. And and part of this is maturing and understanding what that view of modern masculinity is and, and trying to be a preventative mentor rather than a reactive one. And like helping people to figure their stuff out first instead of figure it out after something negative or particularly traumatic happens. So it sounds like a pretty intimate, open conversation you're having with these when, with these kids when you're going in there. Mm. And that sounds like it's a very good way to spark them engaging properly with it, like opening up yourself. And uh, it sounds like as well, it's opened up these conversations a bit with your mates as well that you've been soundboarding ideas off as well. Yeah, I think one thing that was pretty good is a lot of my my close friends, when we talk about the culture session as well, we talk about we talk about how we weren't perfect and we also talk about like once you do start to make those changes in yourself and your close friends, you notice the people that don't make those changes won't, won't really be a big part of your life. So with my own friends, like you just asked, we, yeah, we kind of all matured together. So it was really nice seeing that all of these people go through the similar changes and probably part of the big motivator as to why we wanted to grow Man Up and why Man Up became... Mm. A really cool thing so we we saw how it impacted us and how we were changing and how it was such a positive thing and we kind of wanted to pass it on i guess yeah yeah does that answer the question yeah i i think so yeah you also talked about you had this big network of like you mentioned that you run the the workshops with a lot of volunteers like how have how have they gotten involved and and who are these volunteers that you're working with yeah so we started with our team started with we, we did a call out and we got like people involved and then the majority of 2020 was just a team of four. It was myself and Gareth and then our two vice presidents, so Ashwin and, and Ethan, um, wonderful people who were really passionate. And what we noticed is we doing a lot of the brunt work to set up 
A, the workshops, B, the community events, and then C, any fundraising we need to do as well through social events. We did the Brother That Ourselves, and, and this year what we've seen immediately after already running a facilitated training and a couple of workshops, we've had already, we Perth, for people who don't know, Perth had a lockdown. We were restricted to uh, 20 people attending a function at once, and we had a sign-up for a, a volunteer training workshop to become facilitators for the groups, and, and the sign-ups went in like a couple of hours. We already had 20 people signed up, mm. and there was more that wow. wanted to come and, and, and learn how to run a workshop or learn how to facilitate one. And boys that have probably gone through similar experiences in their first years, second years, third years of uni, Mm-hmm. Or just, you know, young men in general have seen the kind of changes to their masculinity and want to help share that experience with other guys and just want to be part of the movement. So it's pretty it's pretty cool seeing that happen. And and where are these volunteers coming from? Because I know, because we both went to a boys' school in Perth and, and Gareth went to a, a boys' school as well. Are you finding it's more people from these boys' schools in Perth or are you getting uh, guys from co-ed schools as well? Like I think naturally, normally you first get people from your own circles. Yeah. So you do get people from your ex-school because they hear about it more and you get people who, you know, your mates and have, and have heard what you're doing and want to be a part of it to support. But recently we've started getting people who just heard about us on social media and, and wow. have been part of the movement. We have a couple of volunteers that went to rural schools. We have a couple of volunteers that didn't go to school in, in Perth, uh, yeah. didn't go to school in Australia. Okay, well, um, yeah. And they've still, they've still understood and, and seen that similar issues or cultural problems have arisen in their worldview of masculinity as well or what they see around them. So they come from... All at various places, but yeah, originally they do come from your own circles. But mm. it's cool seeing them come from everywhere now. Yeah, yeah. the gospel yeah. is spreading per se. If anyone right. wants to know, chess game. We are um, my right side. I'm black. My right side is not super developed, but we've exchanged one of black as bishops for one of my knights. Still an opening game right now. It's very exciting. What kind of challenges have you have you encountered whilst setting up the program? But- A big one. As much as this isn't as inspirational or exciting to talk about, is setting up. Any kind of organization has a whole lot of logistical problems. That sucks. Doing with the ANCNC is quite difficult. It's basically yeah. the, the Australian board that you have to sign up to once you set up a charity or a non-profit. They, they are pretty difficult. They give you a lot of forms. Setting up a bank account can be hard. And getting a team involved that are just as passionate about you or put as much effort in is, 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 is tough to find. But, you know, once, once you get it a year running, it's really cool. Um, so seeing, seeing it being smooth logistically now is a big one. And the other big one, it's due to coconut. It was obviously really, really hard to get schools involved, right? They they really were not keen on having incursions in 2020 at all. Mm. In the latter half of 2020, we got a couple, but in, definitely at the start, there was no schools that wanted to hear a bar about anything to do with incursions. So yeah, liaising with schools and trying to convince, man, there are some, some of the private boys' schools are like, we do enough. We do enough for our boys in terms of their vision of masculinity. And, and a lot of that comes from either A, teachers or from badly prepared and planned programs that aren't relatable or connecting to the students' ideas of what are the actual problems of masculinity at all. They're just what, you know, personal development programs or health-related programs that, mm-hmm. that aren't, aren't peer-to-peer, which I think is not an effective way of delivering that message. So convincing schools that even if they have us as like an additional program compared to what they already run, it's still beneficial. That's a hard one. Other than that, it's cool seeing that people are passionate. So I always worry that that would be something difficult. But having people that are passionate and want to be involved is, is great. That's pretty cool. And the, and the very fact that you're getting people from these schools that are less keen for you to join in, the very fact that you're having people from those schools then coming up and signing up as volunteers indicates there's probably a demand from the students themselves Facts. To, to be involved, which is... Which is, I suppose, an interesting comment on the how those schools are functioning themselves. 
Mm-hmm. But it's interesting you talk about the situation last year because obviously it was it would be harder to run in-person events last year. Mm. But you had a very strong social media presence. Mm. And did you end up, because you also have what Gareth's vision for the organization, which is not just the school stuff, but the broader influence in, in the community that you mentioned at the start. Mm. How did you go about engaging via social media and kind of attacking that aim a bit as well? I think the shared vision even driven by Gareth as well, but the shared vision has always been to just improve the perception of masculinity in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to sit here and say that it's just restricted towards that age of school kids where it's yeah. problematic. It's problematic university as well, with yeah. probably even bigger consequences if it's problematic. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of where the name came from as well, was the idea of like redefining what it means to man up. Like we used to hear that as kids from coaches or from staff to be like, man up, deal with it, just get along with it, don't be a sissy. Man up was the idea of like telling someone to man up and making that mean like, Grapple the problem in a human way. Be human about it. Deal with it in positive vision of masculinity as well when you deal with your problems and embody that in your version of being a man yourself. Anyway, back to the question. Yeah, big social media presence and, and connecting with the community has been a big part of this because not only is this like, yeah, we reach out to schools and we deal with students one-on-one. Every single person that we reach or hears about the message I think is a positive outcome for us every single person social media is such an incredible way to do that so we see our social media going every day and seeing so many people engage with the page and engage with the short snippets or things we post on there about ideas of masculinity i think garrett does a really good job with that if anyone follows our social media you see Mm -hmm. how he does weekly or fortnightly episodes about aspects of masculinity whether it's like dealing with aggression dealing with arrogance dealing with imposter syndrome dealing with consent uh things like that and Gareth does a really good job at addressing those in little little episodes and, and we do like community interviews with people and um, young men in different spaces in, in youth organizations around WA as well. And having a community impact I think is awesome and I think social media as a tool to do that has been really, really cool. And you, and you mentioned being involved with other organizations as I've seen a few things on your socials about how you've, you've been to a few of these workshops with other organizations run with young people in, in WA targeting issues related to young people, but and obviously yours is broader than that. But can you talk us through some of those, those experiences that you've had? So working with community organizations, especially because we only really deal with one side of the problem. So one side of the problem, we're, we're going to talk specifically about SASH stuff. People who don't know, um, SASH is an acronym used for sexual abuse and sexual harassment. Uh, but yeah, um, so so dealing with SASH specifically and how masculinity impacts that, we we kind of deal with the side, which is like, guys are the reason why this is a problem, essentially, or, or why it's such a big problem. And we get a lot of we get a lot of our online I don't want to say online hate or like tro- but a lot of trolls. I'd say one of two things: they say that guys also get sexually abused. And sexually harassed or they say that they say that a lot of guys are falsely accused so yeah I'll, we'll talk do you want to write that down we'll talk about that in a second i'll first acknowledge it's important to just understand that you know when it comes to sexual abuse sexual harassment the main problematic aspect of that is is young men young men are the ones who kind of perpetuated and are the, are the biggest factor in that being a big problem so so we deal with that and we deal with decreasing the burden of young men doing that but there's also important to have resources or networks or support mechanisms for survivors and and us as an organization working with people that do support survivors and helping give them more of a platform to share their story. So yeah, so working with uh, organizations like Young Women's Against Sexual Violence, which is an incredible organization run by two lovely young women, Michaela and Joey, and they run events every six or so weeks about young women sharing their experiences of sexual violence and uh, refusing to be silenced and talking about various resources that young women who've been, who've gone through experiences like that, that they can access. And we work with them, I, A, as well, 
in a sense of education because that's that's what I guess what our platform is a masculinity based education and then partnering with them to provide uh, content that's appropriate and potentially also content to co-ed schools where we need to work with female or non-binary people and also export them just as an organization that's doing good work in a similar field I mean at the end of the day both our goals are kind of you know directed towards a better society and a better form of gender equality and a better form of gender representation when I say gender representation I mean like a version of a man being a good version of a man, a version of a woman being a good version of a woman, basically, essentially, that both of them are just good versions of being human. So, yeah, yeah, important to work with them, and that is a lot of our work is in the community and just, like, being able to talk to community people about resources and how we can access them and definitely helps with specifically male mental health-related content as well. You flagged a bit there about the some of the backlash that you've received through this organization you set up do you want to talk about that yes that's a good one let's go back to that so yeah some of the we we do we do get a lot so we either get a that you know you're making you're making men sissies or you're making you're portraying such a bad bad version of young men or masculinity um we get that troll quite a bit and then we all the other big one that we get is we get when we talk about sash we get guys guys are also guys are also sexually abused and the other one is that guys are also falsely accused so it's hard it's hard to deal with people who are sometimes not on the same level as you not everyone's going to support you and not everyone's going to see the work that we're doing as positive it's really important to keep people informed and to use a level of communication and understanding that seems obvious like it seems like it'd be obvious to say you know don't immediately backlash at someone give them space to be heard even if you think that their idea is ridiculous or absurd it's important to make sure that everyone feels heard and engage in a conversation that's healthy and communicative I and mean, that can be really hard um, sometimes especially when what we're sharing is so sensitive and or when people's comments are so crashing to the movement that we're trying to spread so yeah with things like guys being assaulted too you know like important to know that most of those are done by other young men as well it's just like such a small percentage of such a small percentage that is young women towards young men. And although we understand that it's still a space where there are per- perpetrators that aren't necessarily young men and there are survivors that aren't necessarily young women, you know, it's just so important to address the issue and the issue which has a much bigger burden on society and is much more difficult for people to come out about as well. So prioritizing the idea of survivor support and, and believing a survivor. And as much as that might also mean that you do have someone eventually that's down the system will get falsely accused, Focus on that against a young person that has been sexually abused and doesn't come forward. That's kind of the way up there. And, and thinking about how you know being falsely accused is not an easy or, or uh, accessible thing that someone just does regularly. It's it's done. You know, it's a, it's like if so, if you don't like someone, you're not going to go accuse them of a crime. And, and uh, falsely accusing someone in this kind of situation, I think from like social perceptions and from the media, is seen as something really trivial. But it's not trivial. It takes it takes it takes a lot of courage for someone to come forward about that. And no one has any reason to be faking it. So it's it's statistically as well. We see it as such a such a low statistic of things that happen. Um, and there's also a big risk in doing that as well. So people have no reason to do that. So I think it's important that we a set up a sphere that is focusing on young women being survivors, um, focusing on supporting their journeys, and b encouraging them to come forward as well if they ever go through something. So yeah, dealing dealing with trolls has been hard, and and sharing why it's been hard and and having logical conversations or trying to have logical conversations with people that aren't so open to being logical and like reasonable is really difficult sometimes and i think the other thing i suppose to say is that nothing you're doing is actively stopping people working towards male survivors of sexual assault getting support if anything creating a culture where people are having better conversations around these issues is 
is only going to help that 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 group as well and same the same thing with false accusations as well having people having more appropriate conversations around these issues again they're only that that demographic is only going to be benefited from what you're doing as well there's there's no conflict of interest between what you're doing and these and those harms either and how do you deal with the other the group of people that you flagged was people who just flat out disagree with your message and being like you creating a bad image of what men should be which obviously isn't the case like you're encouraging people to be more supportive and supporting survivors and like that's a, a good image of what it, what men should be how do you deal with people who disagree with your message that's a hard one because it's not as easy as talking about things like sash because talking about things like sash it has a direct impact on another person or another community which is young women Whereas if someone comes to me and they're like, I think guys should be tough and I don't think that crying is healthy because it shows other people that, like it, it, a classic example that I hear is like, I need to be tough for the sake of my family and like if I, if I show that I'm showing emotion, it means that they'll just crumble as well. And like that isn't necessarily the most unreasonable perspective from someone that's lived with that their whole life. And the other thing is it doesn't impact other people in the most harmful way. It's normally impacting yourself and your own perspective of masculinity. So that one... Even more so, it's important to engage in conversation. It's important to be like, here's someone that's come forward with their opinion and their own daily struggles, which we can't make a judgment of, and talking to them about how those kind of mindsets can be harmful to future generations or can be harmful to young men addressing their mental health or can be harmful towards young men becoming more supportive and communicative people in relationships. So just sharing that message and looking at the consequences of you know both sides of the argument. So let's take the example we had before, someone who's all, someone who has to act tough in times of despair to keep a good face for you know family or friends. Instead, someone who can emotionally regulate, they're also sad, means that people can go through that difficult, traumatic emotional experience together. And if anything, it makes it feel more supported for both people. Um, so sharing with people the different perspectives of that and showing how you know, one perspective of this modern masculinity is going to lead to a more supportive and, and, and a better version of a human essentially you know also reducing the dichotomy between like being a female and having female female attitudes and traits and being a male and having male attitudes and traits and focusing on creating a positive generation of males that is positive in their reflection of being a human which makes them i think a better man in general so we've talked a lot about what man up does and but we've also alluded to other organizations that exist within wa tackling these issues uh you've talked the the group young women against sexual violence are there any other groups that you reckon listeners should maybe look out for and look at the messages that they're spreading who and the work that other groups are doing as well that you've you've come across in your travels mm-hmm. but there are a lot of lot of organizations that do similar work to us and I think actually some of our initial inspiration as well or ideas came from an organization in Victoria um, called The Man Cave, which works on similar concepts, I think, through a different format. There's projects like Tomorrow Man. There's projects like The Fathering Project, The Mankind Project, who all do incredible work in the similar sphere. And all we want to do is support and, and share their you know share their platform as well. I think a key difference is that a lot of the focus for projects that work with masculinity normally focus on mental health male mental health Mm -hmm. which is a big area of yeah a a big area of where work is needed but yeah yeah so seeing seeing our project trying to focus more on masculinity and focus on a different age of impact is is cool as well but there's a lot of these projects do some great work 
with male mental health and awareness of male mental health. And obviously there's some huge ones that are even Australia-wide that, that most people have heard of, like Movember. I'm sure most people have heard of Movember. Black Dog Institute does a little bit to do specifically with male mental health. The Men's Shed, which is a big thing to do with rural Australia, and most rural Australian locations will have a men's shed for farmers and, and people who work in rural areas to come and talk about areas of masculinity that they can't address or talk about yeah areas of masculinity that wasn't a part of their, them growing up. There's lots of organizations out there. They're all Google away. And I think they're all doing incredible and similar work. So Man Up's been going for a year and a bit now. What is the next What is the next year of, of Man Up look like? Mm, where do we go from here? It's a good question. We just really want to focus on impacting and reaching as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. So it's a simple goal. And the goal is just to do as many sessions as we can and kind of reevaluate maybe at the end of the year how effective and impactful these sessions are and kind of achieving our goal, which is like making a better version of young men and redefining or asking young men to reflect on those ideas at a younger age than I guess we were able to and seeing if that works and, and finding our model if need be. In other goals as well, if we're thinking long term, we'd love to be in a situation where this would be like a part of curriculum or a part of education that was a compulsory or needed to be done for all young men just so they could be introspective about it. But I feel as though sometimes the bigger things go, the harder it is to quality control as well. So it's, it's, hard, it's hard to see how effective it would be. Yeah, keep having a big social media impact. Obviously, I think most organizations like to think big, especially when they're doing great work and impactful work. They want to see how, how many people they can reach. And, and at the end of the day, that's the goal, whether it's through doing lots of schools, doing lots of community projects, having a big social media following. The more people we can reach and the more people that reflect on these ideas, the better. How can people get in touch with Man Up if they want to find out more about what you've done? Yeah, please just contact us through social media. So at Instagram, we're at man underscore up underscore WA. Our website is manupwa.org.au and our Facebook is probably our main platform. If you just search Man Up on Facebook, you'll find us. And if you want our Facebook handle, it's at Man Up Western Australia. We're thinking about whether we should get a TikTok or not. Let us know. That would be a good <laughs> idea. Always open to hear ideas. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Is there anything else you want to chat about? Please? Yeah. If you think that there's anything that you've personally dealt with or any experience that you'd like to talk about and would be beneficial to to other people understanding or relating to this movement, please tell us, please reach out to us. And if you ever want to do something similar in your own state or wherever you're from or want to get in contact with people who do it in your area, please let us know. Yeah, we'd love to hear about it. And yeah, basically, if you have any comments or any thoughts or ideas, please engage with us. We always love to hear from other people and that's what makes the running of this program so good. Oh, hopefully so good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fan- Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Yeah. See? Good fun. Awesome. Thanks for listening, listeners. Go have a look at Man Up on their socials. And if you're in WA, get involved in some of the, the workshops and stuff. Yeah, come volunteer with us. Amazing. See you next time.